It is a joy and delight to be with all of you this evening. I would invite you to take your Bibles and open them to 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5 is going to be our text for us tonight. And I'll begin by reading what Peter tells us in verse 1 of 1 Peter 5. Peter says this, Therefore I exhort the elders among you, as your fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ, and a partaker also of the glory that is to be revealed, shepherd the flock of God among you, exercising oversight not under compulsion, but voluntarily according to the will of God and not for sordid gain, but with eagerness. Nor yet is lording it over those allotted to your charge, but proving to be examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Over 200 years ago, a stranger in civilian clothes rode on horseback past a small group of exhausted soldiers. These soldiers were digging what appeared to be an important defense position for the next battle. The leader of the group wasn't making any effort to help the soldiers. He just shouted orders at them and threatened to punish these soldiers if the work wasn't completed within the hour. A stranger on horseback asked the leader, why aren't you helping? The leader replied, well, I'm in charge. The men do as I tell them. He then told the stranger, help them yourself if you feel so strongly about it. To this mean leader's surprise, the stranger got off his horse and helped the men until the job was finished. Before he left, the stranger congratulated the men for their work and he approached their confused leader and he said this, You should notify top command next time your rank prevents you from supporting your men, and I will provide a more permanent solution. Up close, the now humbled leader recognized the stranger as General George Washington. What a picture of a faithful servant leader. And in our text here before us, this is Peter. Peter was a humble, faithful leader who is writing to the elders of the church on how to be faithful leaders, how to be godly leaders, how to be leaders in Christ's church. Yes, Peter was an apostle, and he had, as an apostle, apostolic authority that was given to him by God. But he didn't use that authority to browbeat fellow elders or anyone else for that matter into submission. He was a faithful leader who writes to fellow elders on how to be faithful shepherds in Christ's church. In fact, look at verse 1. Notice what Peter says there. He says, therefore, I exhort the elders among you as your fellow elder. Notice that Peter says here that he's, in a, he's a fellow elder, an elder amongst elders. 
a man who has done the job. It's not as if Peter's a man with no experience barking orders on how these men were to shepherd God's church. No, he knows the ins and outs of ministry, of the job. He knows the responsibilities. And he knows the difficulties of the job that God has called these elders to. He's a man who understands the challenges with shepherding and the trials that comes along with that heavy responsibility. And now, as an experienced shepherd, he exhorts these elders to shepherd God's flock. But then notice he also gives some descriptions of of himself. Notice as he continues in verse 1 there, he says that he is a witness of the sufferings of Christ and a partaker of the glory that is to be revealed. Now, Now, what does Peter mean by this? Well, he means that he had personally witnessed the sufferings of Christ. He was a man who had personally witnessed all the hardships and the sufferings that our Savior went through. He knows the hardships and the sufferings and the cost of ministry. He knows that. And then he continues in verse 1 and he says, And a partaker of the glory that is to be revealed. What does he mean by this? Well, Peter saw the glorified Christ. Where? On the Mount of Transfiguration. Peter was there. You remember that. He didn't want to leave. Let's make tents. Let's stay here. This is great. We see the glorified Christ here before us. He saw the glory of Christ there revealed on the Mount of Transfiguration. And so, Peter knows what's in store for the future, right? He's seen the glory of Christ. And so, if we boiled verse 1 down Here's what Peter's saying. He's saying this. As a fellow elder, I have seen the bad and I've seen the good. I've seen the suffering and I've seen the glory. I've seen hardships in this life. But I know the glory that we have to look forward to in the future. That's what Peter's saying here. And now in light of that, here is what you fellow elders are to do in order to be faithful shepherds. Now as you know, we're here tonight for the ordination of Ronaldo. But what does this mean? What does this mean? I know for many of you, this is your first ordination service. You've never seen someone, a man, be ordained in the church. So what are we here for? What does this mean What has God ordained Ronaldo to do? Yes, the elders have given approval of his ordination as men who have examined his life. They know of his theology. They know of his life as a man of God. But what is it that God has tasked Ronaldo to do as a shepherd? Well, this evening I want to give you three elements of a faithful shepherd. Three elements of a faithful shepherd. The first element that we'll look at is what we'll call the shepherd's call. The shepherd's call. And this has to do with what the shepherd does. 
fact, we can ask the question, what is he called to do? What is the shepherd called to do? Well, there are really two aspects to this call that I want to highlight. The first aspect of this call is that he has been called to shepherd God's flock. He's been called to shepherd God's flock. In fact, look at verse 2 with me. Notice what Peter says there. Peter says, shepherd the flock of God among you. Now, notice this. Notice whose flock it is. You see that there? Peter says, the flock of God. This is the flock of God. This isn't Ronaldo's flock or the elder's flock or anyone else's flock. This flock belongs to God. This church belongs to God. It's his church. He purchased them. He redeemed them. The church belongs to him. It's his church. And yet, at the same time, God places shepherds or under-shepherds in the flock. That is, those who are under the chief shepherd who are given specific tasks that God has called them to do. And what is it that they're called to do? To shepherd God's flock. Now, in order to better understand this command, it would be helpful for us to understand what a shepherd was like. In ancient Hebrew times, the job of shepherding sheep was given to the youngest son. If you were the youngest son in your family, your task, your job was to be the shepherd. Because the older sons would have to go and help their father with sowing and plowing and harvesting. But the task of shepherding the sheep was given to the youngest son. The job was passed on down to the youngest son, and he would then become the family shepherd. And the job then of the shepherd that he was tasked to do was difficult. It was a difficult task, even for the youngest son. It was a difficult task because the sheep relied completely on the shepherd for everything. The sheep couldn't find their own food to feed themselves. So guess who had to take them to feed them? That shepherd boy. They could not take themselves to water. They could not defend themselves. They were prone to wandering off and getting lost. We sing that, right? Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Yeah. Sheep, it's what sheep do. They're prone to wander, to wander off and getting lost. They basically had to be watched 24-7. And whose job was that, to watch the sheep 24-7? It was the shepherd's job. It was his job. All of that was the responsibility of the shepherd. And because of that, this job was not highly honored or respected. No one was going to school to become a shepherd. They didn't want it. It's for the youngest son to do. Give it to him. He'll go take care of the sheep. No one was going to school to become a shepherd. But the fact is, the shepherd had a very important job to do. There was a lot of responsibility that came with this job. 
And as we think about the responsibilities of shepherding a flock, we can take that imagery and we can apply that to the pastor to see what his responsibility is. And what is it that every pastor is responsible to do? Well, he's responsible to lead. The pastor is responsible to lead. The pastor or the shepherd has been tasked with leading God's sheep. In fact, Paul tells Timothy in 1 Timothy 5.17, the elders who rule well are to be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. Elders are those who lead and direct, govern and manage the flock of God. And they lead under the authority of Christ who is the head over the church, right? He's the head of the church. But every pastor is responsible to lead God's flock and to lead it well. That's what he's been tasked with. The pastor is also responsible to feed God's flock. Not only lead, but also feed. Sheep need food. And God's sheep need spiritual food, right? We all need spiritual food. And God has tasked the pastor or the elder of the church with the responsibility to feed his sheep. To feed them the spiritual food that they need. To give them food that gives life. Food that nourishes them for their own growth. And that's why the pastor must be diligent to preach God's word faithfully. Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 4.2, Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. A faithful shepherd has the responsibility to feed the flock and give them the truth. Give them the word of God that will nourish their soul. That's what every pastor has been tasked with. And then the pastor is responsible to protect God's flock. Not only to lead and to feed, but also to protect God's flock. In fact, listen to what Paul told the Ephesian elders in Acts 20, 28. He said this, be on God for yourselves and for who? All the flock. For all the flock. Among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves, men will arise, speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be on the alert. It's your job, shepherd, pastor, be on the alert. Protect God's flock. It's the responsibility of the pastor and elders to be on the alert and watch for false teachers who will come into the church. They will. They'll get into this church. Whose responsibility is it to protect this church? It's the pastor, the elders. It's their job to guard and protect the church. Because they will come in, false teachers will come in to try and draw away God's people. And so the first part of this call for the faithful shepherd is to shepherd God's flock by leading, feeding, and protecting his people. But there's a second part of this call, and that is to care for God's flock. He's not only to shepherd God's flock, but he's also to care for God's flock. Look again at verse 2. Notice what Peter says there. He says, shepherd the flock of God among you. 
among you. This means the shepherd is with his flock. He's there with his people, and he cares for his people. In fact, the Net Bible, N-E-T Bible, it's a great translation. The Net Bible translation says it this way. Give a shepherd's care to God's flock among you. The idea is that the shepherd is to be with the sheep, and there's a close, caring relationship between the shepherd and his sheep. This means the faithful shepherd must stay with God's flock and care for them. And why is this important for faithful shepherds to understand? I'll tell you why. Because there will be distractions that come. Ronaldo, there will be distractions that will come to take you away from God's sheep. Satan wants the shepherd away from his sheep so that they're all alone. That's where he wants you. You guys realize that? Satan wants you alone. He doesn't want you here gathered together with fellow brothers and sisters in Christ under the leadership of pastors and elders who love you and care for you. He wants you out all alone by yourself because he's a roaring lion doing what? Seeking to devour. He wants to devour you. But it's important for the shepherds to be there among the people. A faithful shepherd's job is to be with the sheep and to care for them. In Philip Keller's book, called A Shepherd's Look at Psalm 23, he talks about being a literal shepherd of sheep. He was. Philip Keller, he was a a literal shepherd of sheep. And he says this, In the course of time, I came to realize that nothing so quieted and reassured the sheep as to see me in the field. The presence of their protector put them at ease as nothing else could do. And this applied day and night. Shepherds need to be with their sheep to serve them and to care for them. That's what they've been called to do. To lead, to feed, to protect, and to care for God's flock. And so that's the shepherd's call. And that answers the question, what does he do? That is what he has been tasked to do. Let's look at the second element of this and what we will call the shepherd's commission. The shepherd's commission. We just saw that the, what the shepherd is to do. Now we ask, how does he do it? How is the pastor, the elder of the church, to shepherd God's sheep? How does he do this? Look at the next part of verse 2. Notice what he says there. Peter says, exercising oversight. He's exercising oversight. The Greek word that's used there means to accept responsibility for the care of someone. How does a man of God shepherd God's flock? He's to give oversight to the flock whom God has placed under his supervision. And then Peter tells us how this is to be done, and he gives us some negatives and some positives as he tells the elders how to shepherd. He says, don't do it this way, but you are to do it this way. I love that. Isn't that what we all need? Don't do this. Okay, so what should I do? Well, do this. Oh, great. Now I know what to do. Peter does that for us right here in our passage. Don't do it this way, but do it this way. There's a wrong way to do this and a right way to do this. 
Look right there in the middle of verse 2. Notice what he says. Exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but voluntarily according to the will of God. What has the shepherd been commissioned to do? Well, he's been commissioned to lead willingly. He's been commissioned to, we, to, to lead willingly. Notice Peter says, not under compulsion, but voluntarily. That is to say, not being forced into it. Shepherds are not to be forced into fulfilling their duty. But they're to do it with a willing heart. Think about this. If a man is forced into leading God's flock, then it's a lot easier to quit and give up, right? If he's been forced into it, it's a lot easier for him to quit and to give up. I was meeting with a guy recently who's been discerning a call on his life to ministry, to full-time ministry. After a few meetings, he came to me and he said, Ace, um, you know, I don't think this is for me. And you know what my response was to him? Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That's a good thing that you realize and recognize it because no one should force you into this. You must do it with a willing heart. If I was the one who forced him into it, then when things got difficult, guess what the guy's going to do? He's going to bail. He's out of here. Because things got difficult. And he didn't even want to do it in the first place. And so, we must lead willingly. We must do this task willingly. No one has forced Ronaldo into ministry. No one forced him into it. This is something that God has called him to. And therefore, out of submission to God, he willingly serves God's flock as God's under-shepherd. That's what he's been tasked with. And listen, we must also remember this as we're choosing elders in our churches as well. We shouldn't force men into this role. Never should a church ever force a man into the role of an elder. This is not a task that is done because your father was the pastor. As if it's some kind of family practice that we do. Or because we just need a guy to fill the spot. There's a lot of churches that put men in as elders of churches because they just need somebody to fill the spot. It's not what we should do. As the church, we should make sure that shepherds want to do it willingly or voluntarily. Because he has to do it, notice what Peter says there, according to the will of God. Not his own will, but according to God's will. Next, he's been commissioned to lead with eagerness. Not only has he been commissioned to lead willingly, but he's commissioned to lead with eagerness. Notice the end of verse 2. He says, and not for sordid gain, but with eagerness. There are many pastors today who are doing it for sordid gain. Turn on the TV, and you'll see them there. They're doing it for sordid gain. <laughs> Send us your money, right? Here's the number at the bottom of the screen. Here's the website you can go to. Really easy. For you to give, the, give them all of your money. They're doing it for sordid gain. We see mega pastors, or mega church pastors, and celebrity pastors who are in it for sordid gain. Not because they desire to preach God's word and to shepherd God's people, but they do it for the money, for sordid gain. 
In fact, this word for sort of gain in the Greek implies a dishonest attempt to gain financially. It's a dishonest attempt to gain financially. This is a greedy man who's in it for the money. And what Peter is saying here is that the faithful shepherd should not be one who gets caught up in greed or serving the people for financial gain. But they are to shepherd how? With eagerness. That is, it is to be an inward delight. He takes delight in shepherding God's flock. There's nothing else that he would desire to do because he's so filled with delight just to shepherd God's flock. Whether he was paid or not, because he doesn't do it for the money, but because his heart delights in it. That's how a faithful shepherd leads God's flock. And so he's commissioned to lead willingly. He's commissioned to lead with eagerness, and then the shepherd has been commissioned to lead by example. Look at verse 3. He says, Nor yet as lording it over those allotted to your charge, but proving to be examples to the flock. The word in Greek for lording it over has the idea of pushing down by placing a heavy burden on someone. This would be someone who controls others by putting them down into submission under their leadership. This is what we would call oppressive leadership. But this is not how a faithful shepherd leads God's flock. How does he lead? He leads by example. He leads by example. He's one who's not driving the people, but he's out in front of the people leading them. Saying, come on people, let's go this way. We're going towards Christ. Follow me. Follow my example. General Eisenhower used to demonstrate this kind of leadership by using the illustration of a string. He would put a string on a table and he he said this, If you pull the string, it will follow where you want it to go. But if you push the string, it won't go anywhere at all. That's what God has tasked the pastor, the elder of the church with. He's commissioned him. To lead by example. This is the kind of leadership that Peter says the faithful shepherd is to demonstrate. He's not there to push people around, but he's to be out in front, leading the people to Christ and exhorting them to follow him. That's what he's been commissioned to do. And so that's the shepherd's call and the shepherd's commission. Let's look at the third element and what we will call the shepherd's crown. The shepherd's crown. And this answers the question, why should the faithful shepherd serve God's people? Why should he do this? Look at verse 4. Notice what <coughs> excuse me, Peter says there. He says, and when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Now, there are two different ways to look at this crown. This crown here that Peter's talking about is both a a motivation and also a reward. It's both a motivation and a reward. How is this crown a motivation? Well, shepherds can go through great times of discouragement in ministry. Trust me, they can. I know They can go through great times of discouragement. 
The task is difficult. The responsibility is heavy. While Ronaldo and I were in seminary, the seminary's motto was this, preach the word because lives depend on it. That is what every pastor, shepherd is tasked to do. Preach the word. Why? Because lives depend upon it. It's a heavy responsibility. And it, be, it can become discouraging at times. And so there's motivation that's given to encourage a discouraged man to continue to persevere with the calling to which he's been called. And Peter's reminding the shepherds that there is a crown that is awaiting them for their service unto God. Yeah, I know it might be hard. I know it might be difficult at this point. But remember, there's a crown that's awaiting you. Keep going. It's motivation. But it's not just the crown that motivates a discouraged pastor, but also the appearing of the chief shepherd. Which is what Peter says at the beginning of verse 4. He says, when the chief shepherd appears. That's motivation, right? The chief shepherd, when will he appear? At any moment. He could come back at any time. And it's interesting that Peter calls Christ the chief shepherd here, isn't it? Especially as he's talking to under-shepherds. He's talking to shepherds here. Even the faithful shepherds or leaders of God's flock are under submission to Christ. They aren't in control. Christ is. It's his church. It's almost as if Peter kind of puts them back in their place. Yes, you are overseers in God's church, but remember, you are under the chief shepherd. Remember that. And he will appear at any moment, at any time. And knowing this ought to motivate every shepherd to faithfully shepherd God's way instead of their own way. So that when he appears, they can say, Lord, it's your church, and I was shepherding them according to your ways. And so this crown is a, is a motivation for the shepherd. But not just a motivation, but this crown is also the shepherd's reward. There is a reward that every faithful shepherd will receive when Christ returns. This is an unfading or an eternal crown. It's a glorious crown. This crown is a crown that will never fade and will never lose its beauty. It's a crown of glory. And the glory will come from who? From Christ. The glory will come from Christ, not from anyone else, but from the chief shepherd, from him. And it's that reality, knowing that you will receive an unfading crown of glory that should motivate every shepherd to be faithful to shepherd God's flock. And so that's the shepherd's call and the shepherd's commission and the shepherd's crown. Now, GCF. You maybe thought that you came here this evening and you were off the hook. But you're not. The sermon is not just for Ronaldo or for the elders. 
It's not just to tell him and the elders what they are to do as your leaders, but there's one final command that I want to give you here tonight. We've seen what it means to be a faithful shepherd, but what about being a faithful sheep? What does it mean for you? How can you be faithful sheep? Well, take your Bibles and turn over to Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. Notice what the the author of Hebrews says here. In Hebrews 13, in verse 17, he says this, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with grief, for this would be unprofitable for you. This here is the sheep's charge. This is what God has charged you to do. This is what God commands you to do. And notice what the author of Hebrews says here. He says, first, obey your shepherds. Obey them. In order to be a faithful sheep, God commands you to obey your shepherds. You see, one day, God will rule all the earth through his Son. When Christ returns and takes his rightful place on his throne, he will. But in the meantime, God rules his church through spirit-controlled godly men. Through faithful shepherds. And as we already saw, they don't rule for themselves, but they lead God's people as God's under-shepherds. Pointing you to Christ. That's their responsibility. Their responsibility is to lead you, to shepherd you, to care for your soul and point you to Christ. But what is yours? What is your responsibility? Your responsibility is to be faithful in obeying them. That's your responsibility. Your shepherds are men under God's authority who have to answer to God for the decisions that they make. It's your responsibility is to obey them. Second, you must submit to your shepherds. You are called to submit to your shepherds. That is, you must yield to their authority. They are under shepherds of the chief shepherd, and God has placed them in authority over you. You realize that? God's a God of order. God of structure. And God has placed these men to be shepherds over you. What does he say for you to do? To yield to their authority. Look, you may not agree with every decision that they make. You might not agree. You may disagree with the way they handle a certain situation in the church. But listen, church, that doesn't mean that you get to grumble and complain. In fact, the Apostle Paul commands us in the book of Philippians to never grumble. We don't get to grumble and complain. God tells you to submit. But why? Why obey and submit to your shepherds? Well, the writer of Hebrews tells us, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. They will give an account for every decision that they make for this church. They will give an account. But notice what they're tasked to do to keep watch over your souls. This phrase, to keep watch over, literally means to keep oneself awake. 
to keep oneself awake. The imagery here is one who is staying awake to guard and protect those under their care because they love them. That's what your shepherds do. That's what the elders do. Your shepherds love you. They love you. And they will have to give an account to God for how they cared for you. But God has entrusted you into their care, and their task is not easy. It's not easy. But they love you, and they care for you, and take their duty very serious as shepherds over your soul. And as you obey and submit to them, you actually benefit from this. Look at the next part of verse 17. Notice what the author of Hebrews says there. Let them do this with joy and not with grief, for this would be unprofitable for you. Listen, don't you want to be profitable? Don't you want to have blessing and success and grow as a believer in Christ? God says, then obey and submit to your leaders. Because as you do this, they are then able to serve you with joy, which then in turn blesses you. Do you see that? As they serve with joy, you will be blessed. Do you want blessing? Then allow them to serve with joy. And then finally, Not only are you responsible to obey and to submit to your leaders, but also to pray for your shepherds. Look at the beginning of verse 18. Notice what the author of Hebrews says there. Three words. Look what he says there. He says, pray for who? Us. Pray for us. The writer of Hebrews is a part of the us here. And who is he? A leader in the church a faithful shepherd in the church. What's he saying here? He's saying, pray for your leaders. Pray for your leaders. Pray for your shepherds. They have a tough job leading God's sheep. And listen, pastors are under constant attacks from Satan because who does he want to bring down? He wants to bring down the pastor, the shepherds of the church. That's who he's after. And they're under constant attack. But listen, you can bless your pastor, your elders, by praying for him. Pray for him and his family. You can bless Ronaldo by praying for him and Lindsay. It's a blessing to them to pray for them. Spend time on your knees. And ask God to strengthen Ronaldo and to shield him and to grow him in Christ so that he might continue to be a faithful shepherd to you. That's your task. And pray for all the elders of GCF because they need your prayer. In closing, Ronaldo, congratulations on your ordination. I know it's been a long road but continue to be a faithful shepherd of God's flock as he's called you to this. And as you do it, remember always to do it, keeping your eyes fixed upon our chief shepherd. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for our time here tonight in your word and for how your word speaks to us.
Lord, we thank you for Ronaldo and for the elders of GCF and all the work that they do to shepherd your flock. Lord, we pray that you would guard and protect them, protect them and their families. Lord, we thank you for their desire to do this, for the hard work and the labor that they do to serve GCF. And Lord, we pray that you would bless this church, that you would grow this church. Pray that you would help the sheep here at GCF to be faithful in their responsibility and their task as they lovingly come under the leadership of these faithful shepherds in whom you've called to GCF. Lord, we pray specifically tonight for Ronaldo. Lord, that you would help to keep his heart pure. That he would be a man who is following after Christ and being an example to others to say, come and follow me as I follow Christ. Lord, may you continue to guard and protect him throughout his ministry. Lord, may you guard and protect Lindsay as well. And Lord, may we continue to remember them in our prayers as we pray for them, for this wonderful and yet heavy responsibility that you have placed upon his life, this calling into ministry. Lord, we thank you for it. We praise you in Christ's name. Amen.